It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Stacy Farkleson. And I'm Stacy Fusenko. Wait, we have it backwards. <laughs> Good morning. We have it backwards. We don't even know our own names. I'm Stacy Trisenkos. And I'm Stacy Farkleson. Good morning and happy Monday. It's just another manic Monday out there, November the 7th. And this is the 41st episode of the second <laughs> season of the Stacy and Stacy podcast, where we focus each morning at eight o'clock on scripture and tradition. And I always tell everyone that half of my testimony is don't do what I do or don't do what I did. If my kids had taken my advice, I think things might have turned out a little smoother for some of them. But today we are talking about, um, belly aching, moaning and groaning and swallowing. swallowing, yes. <laughs> and then Stacy T, Stacy Trasenkos, will be teaching us from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I love how clear you make things, Stacy. I'm so thankful for the, the catechism. Can you give us a little snippet of what you're going to be teaching us this morning? Yes, ma'am. The snippet is coming from sections 105 to 108, and it is under Part one, the profession of faith. Section one, we believe. Chapter two, God comes to meet man. Mm. And oh, wait, I'm not done. <laughs> uh, article two, inspiration and truth of sacred scripture. But anyway, just go to page 33 in the catechism. We have it linked below in the show notes. So you can just open the catechism right to where we're going to be. And we're going to talk about how is God the author of sacred scripture if men wrote it? And and how do we know that it's true? Awesome. So I love this part. Again, it all comes from Dave Verbum, Stacey's yes. favorite encyclical. Yeah. And yes, it uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing. Like uh, the first 33 pages of the catechism pretty much come from Dave Verbum. That's wonderful. And I didn't know that. That's I awesome. didn't either. Yes, that's great. <laughs> okay. Well, let's pray and we'll get started. Um, and I am again praying St. Augustine's prayer. This, this basically, it's, it's just my heart. It expresses, it expresses my heart, but he does it so much more eloquently. So I just, I love this prayer in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. amen. Lord, let your scriptures be our chaste delight, perfect us and reveal those pages to us. See your voice is our joy. Give us what we love. May the inner secrets of your words be laid open to us when we knock. This we beg by our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These are the treasures we seek in your books. Mother Mary, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Oh, okay. Grab your cup of tea in one hand and your cup of coffee in the other. and. Get your Bible somewhere or another and spend some time with the Lord today. 
So I was reading through the scriptures and I was looking for something to kind of speak to me. And I paused a moment when I got to the Alleluia. It says, shine like lights in the world as you hold on to the word of life. So that kind of, I wondered, I wanted to know a little bit more about that. So I go to Philippians because that was from the book of Philippians in chapter two, and I read it in context. So this is what it says. This would be uh, verses 14 through 16. Do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by your holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. And I think maybe one of the reasons this really kind of started speaking to me is because in doing the four-year biblical studies program at the University of Dallas, we've been studying the books of Exodus and Numbers. And when I read do all things about murmuring without murmuring and arguing. I remembered the children of Israel and their exodus from Egypt and spending 40 years in the desert. And it seemed like the entire time they murmured and grumbled and they just kept doubting God, complaining, arguing. Uh, they frustrated Moses and they frustrated God too. Moses had to actually intercede for them because God on a couple occasions was done. He was going to start over with someone else. <laughs> he was done with them. But praise the Lord, Mo Moses interceded for them. I mean, when you go through the scriptures and you read about the um, the Israelites and how they were in the desert, it only took one man on several occasions to incite a rebellion. I mean, he would tell two friends, and then they would tell two friends. And then the next thing you know, the whole camp is in an uproar, mad at Moses. And like I said, this happened over and over again. And I've actually seen similar situations play out uh, at work when maybe one person starts murmuring and complaining about a new boss or maybe new rules or feeling like they've been treated unfairly and they murmur and they complain and they bellyache and they moan and groan. And all you need is one person to be the spoon and stir the pot. And then it's a mutiny and the ship goes down. It happens all the time. And the thing is, it's so easy for us to jump on that bandwagon. However, Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they shall be called children of God. Now, here in this scripture, there is a three-letter word that really stood out at me. Do all things without murmuring and arguing. Did you catch that three-letter word? All. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say do most things without murmuring and arguing. It doesn't say do the things you enjoy without murmuring and arguing. It says do all things. So, we have to remember also that Paul is writing Philippians from jail and he's telling us don't murmur and complain. There is an account in the book of Acts that tells us when uh, Paul and Silas were in jail around midnight. I mean, they had been flogged. They had been uh, put in the stocks and they were in jail. And around midnight, they start singing, praying and singing to God. Instead of murmuring and complaining, they're praising and the doors open and the jailer thought that they had escaped. So 
he was actually going to take his own life. And Paul said, no, no. Paul was able to witness to him. He let him know they were still there. The jailer and his entire household ended up being baptized that night. So why is it important not to murmur and complain? Well, this scripture goes on to say, so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. If we're always complaining about everything, stirring that pot, never satisfied, never happy, causing divisions, murmuring, always got something negative to say about everyone and everything, then how can we turn around and try to share the love of God with someone? How can we share the peace of God with someone if we aren't walking in it? I don't think we can. I mean, someone might say, practice what you preach. I mean, I've been convicted of that before. It's about our witness. So again, I keep saying this, but the Lord just keeps showing me. It's not about you, Stacy. It's about doing the right thing, treating people the right way, walking like Jesus did so that we can share Jesus with others and it be received so that we can be a light in the darkness in this crooked and perverse generation. It might seem like a sacrifice, but there's a reason for it. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, not to conform to this world, this evil age, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can discern what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can't just walk around talking out of both sides of our mouth. We can't praise God one minute and then curse others the next. James tells us our tongues are pretty powerful members of our body. And he tells us that blessings and cursing shouldn't come out of the same mouth. He says, he asks a question. He says, does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree yield olives? Well, no. A tree is known by its fruits. Matter of fact, there's a quote from St. Basil that says, a tree is known by its fruit, a man by his deeds. A good deed is never lost. He who sows courtesy reaps friendship, and he who plants kindness gathers love. And the Bible tells us we reap what we sow. As children of God, we have, we have a responsibility to ourselves, each other, to our Father, to our Lord. And part of that is being consistent in speech and watching what we say, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It tells us in Matthew that on the day of judgment, we will have to give an account for every careless word we utter. By our words, we will be justified. And by uh -oh. our words, we will be condemned. Uh -oh. So that makes me stop. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, that's a... That's one of those scriptures you're like, oh man, I need to go to confession right now. <laughs> so when we murmur, when we complain, moan and groan, we're really revealing what's in our hearts, what's in abundance of our hearts, you know, whether it's jealousies or anger, unhealed wounds, unforgiveness. If we don't know what's in someone's heart, like if you want to know what's in someone's heart, just let them talk because eventually it will come out. And if we have any of these things in us, if we start listening to what we're saying and we're like, oh, that sounds like a little bitterness there. Oh, I wonder where that's coming from. You know, we have to do those heart checks and we want to receive healing because God wants to heal us and restore us. 
again, we've said so many times that hurting people hurt people. So we want to we want to be able to talk to people from a place of wholeness and healing. So we have to let the Lord heal us. And it takes uh, humility to do that. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So when we humble ourselves, he lifts us up. He says, cast our cares and our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Sometimes, you know, we've talked about God having good works planned for us, basically assignments that he has for us to do. And sometimes those assignments can be hard. They can get heavy. Even Moses, who was called to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, feeling so burdened, said to God, I am not able to carry all this people alone. They are too heavy for me. (laughs) I love that. I love that because he's like, they are too heavy. I can just see him trying to give them all a piggyback ride. They're too heavy for me. I can't carry all of them. He cries out to God. He's like, these people that I'm leading, this task that I've been given, it's heavy. But God says, give it to me. Mm. All right. So this um, scripture goes on to say, do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. So much in this verse. I mean, we, we do live in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I mean. The Bible's pretty current. <laughs> we really are living in a perverse generation. I, I keep saying, is this is this opposite day or what? Because the things yep. that we think that are just you should know are right, the world is saying, no, that's wrong. It's just amazing to me how backwards it's become. Mm-hmm. But we can let our light shine in the darkness of this present evil age as children of God. It goes on to say, it is by holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Mm -hmm. Several times in in Paul's letters, he lets them know, um, the churches that he's writing to, if they are imitating him as he imitated Christ, as he imitates Christ, and if, if they are doing what he taught them to do, living right, treating each other the right way, walking in love, getting along, then he feels like he did his job and it wasn't for nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to feel like I fought the good fight of faith too. And that I did Mm -hmm. my part, whatever that looks like, whether however big, however small, I don't want to feel like I ran my race in vain. And I don't want Jesus's sacrifice for me to be in vain either. So let's hold fast to the word of life and remember that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. No more murmuring and complaining. I know. <laughs> I know. That's a tall order. It's and Monday. <laughs> I promise you guys, I'll have literal bite marks in my tongue at times right along with you. But mm-hmm. we're going to hold each other accountable. We're going to try not to murmur and complain. Because we have to remember, blessed are the peacekeepers, for mm-hmm. they shall be called children of God. That's so great, Stacey. And I'm, I've just like convicted myself too, because I murmur about the people who murmur about the Catholic church, but I do, I get like, it really hurts me as a convert. And and I know that's why I'm like a dog on a bone like this. I, I don't like it. I hate it. When 
people say, oh, I'm Catholic, but the Pope is not the real Pope. You can't trust Vatican II. You can't trust the catechism. You can't like that is so that that did so much harm to me as a new convert. And so I'm so sensitive to it now that the people who murmur and say to be a good Catholic, you have to be a bad Catholic. Those yeah. people I murmur about myself because because I worry about our youth. I worry about my yeah. own kids hearing people like that. I'm like, please don't act like that. Please don't say that. Please don't complain about the problems in the church because the church is always going to have problems in it. It's yeah. always, and not just the church. I mean, we're coming up on election day, which I don't do politics, but there's a lot of murmuring in politics, you know, because, yeah. but guys, our human societies are always, always, always going to be imperfect. Our families are communities, our, our parishes, our nations, they're going to be imperfect. Our human laws are trying to do what's just and seeking what's true. Well, most, I mean, some are, some, some are trying to be evil, but it's a fallen world. And, and I'm not just saying throw your hands up, but yes, what Stacy said, the solution is not to murmur. The solution is, as the Bible says, shine like lights in the world as you hold on to the word of life. Yes. Yes. Now, don't you agree? Don't you agree? You say, yes, yes, Stacy. Yes. Right. Yes, I agree. 100%. <laughs> stop the murmuring and I too will stop the murmuring. And, and speaking of the word of life, speaking of the word of life in the catechism today, the part that we're talking about happens to be, um, sections 105 to 108, inspiration and truth of sacred scripture. Now, this might be a question that you have, like who wrote the sacred scripture? Is God or the men the author of sacred scripture? And what does it mean when we say that, like Stacey says every morning, the word of God is living? Um, it's so living for Stacy that things like jump out at her. I love it when you use when you say that because it's it's like you're having a conversation with God. You're like, God, what do you want me to see today? What do you want me to yeah. see today? Uh -huh. And uh, when I read, I'm like, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Stacy reads and she's like, God, talk to me. <laughs> right. Talk to me. <laughs> I love that. But here, here's what the catechism says, just so you know, and, and, and always in our podcast at Stacy's suggestion, which was a great one, I'm putting links to wherever we're reading. So you can click on the link to see the readings for the day from the USCCB. You can click on the other link to get the catechism from the USCCB. It's they, they make the whole book available online and you can flip through it page by page as if you had the book in your hand. So um, all you have to do is click on it and follow along with us and read. But today what it says, and, and again, we're doing scripture, the daily scriptures with the church, the catechism going through it page by page. We're on page 33 of 906. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you can, you can, re you can, um, we're just going through it every day, but the point of it is to apply this to our lives. So every day we're just talking yes. about what it looks like in our life today. We could come right. back and read this part of the catechism and something else might jump out at us exactly. a year from now, but the catechism. So it says 105, God is the author of sacred scripture, period. Okay. God is the author. Somebody says who wrote about God. Yeah. The divinely revealed realities, which are contained and presented in the text of sacred scripture, have been written down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that comes from, you know, De Verbum. All this comes from De Verbum 11. 
And also John 20, 31, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21, and 3, 15 through 16. And also from St. Bernard. And also from Luke 24, 45. So you see that it, like the encyclical, I'm, I'm reading in the footnotes, the encyclicals, the catechism, it all references back into the history of the church. So mm -hmm. here's what Dave Urban said next. For Holy Mother Church, relying on the faith of the apostolic age, accepts as sacred and canonical the books of the Old and the New Testaments, whole and entire, with all their parts, on the grounds that, written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they have God as their author and have been handed on as such to the church herself. Awesome. So. We'll talk more about how to read the Bible whole and entire. This is something I teach to my students at Seton Hall. We read the Bible, like especially when we're talking about um, science, evolution, and stuff like that. We read the Bible, the old in light of the new, the new in light of the old. We read it as a whole, like Stacy does. Stacy always reads the scripture for the day, but she just springboard, springboards off of that and starts reading <laughs> scriptures from other places because it mm -hmm. does all fit together. The yeah. Old Testament is prefiguring the New Testament and the New Testament is, is you know, echoing back to the Old Testament. And so you got to read the whole Bible with Christ at the center, Christocentric. So I love that because um, it that nobody tells you that when you're not Catholic. <laughs> you just, yeah. you're like, what's this book, the Bible? <laughs> but the, the church is telling us here how to read the Bible. Now, 106, God inspired the human authors of the sacred text. To compose the sacred books, God chose certain men who, all the while he employed them in this task, made full use of their own faculties and powers so that, though he acted in them and by them, it was as true authors that they consigned to writing whatever he wanted written and no more. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's a lesson for us in our daily lives, too. Let God be the instrument, you know, like the, the sacred authors are the instrument. Uh, and God was acting through them, was writing through them in our daily lives. We are to do that too. As we read the Bible, just like Stacy demonstrated so beautifully, Stacy, you just do that naturally. This is what scripture says. This is what we do in our day. God, use me as your instrument. Flo so much grace flowing through me from Christ that I'm, I'm doing it's, it's Christ in the world because I'm allowing Christ's grace to channel through me um, being full of grace. All right, moving on, um, 107. The inspired books teach the truth, since therefore all that the inspired authors or sacred writers affirm should be regarded as affirmed by the Holy Spirit. We must acknowledge that the books of Scripture firmly, faithfully, and without error teach that truth which God, for the sake of our salvation, wished to see confided to sacred scriptures. And so I read 105, 106, 107. I want to read 108, and then I'll be done. Because 108 is the, it, it almost makes you cry because it's like, it's so affirming to hear this. So I'm going to read it. Still, the Christian faith is not a religion of the book. Christianity is the religion of the word, capital W, mm -hmm. word of God. A word which is not written and mute word, not a written and mute word, but the word which is incarnate and living. Mm -hmm. If the scriptures are not to remain a dead letter, Christ, the eternal word of the living God, must, through the Holy Spirit, open our minds to understand the scriptures. The yes. end. And that is just so 
beautiful. And and you can look from the catechism and see in De Verbum uh, 11, where all of this is written, and it's telling us how to read the Bible. So what, what we do every day, reading the scriptures together, um, I always say, Stacy, if, if nobody listens to the podcast at all, I'm just so glad to get up every morning and listen to the scriptures with you and um, and read them because they they will help you get through the day. That That is literally God speaking through the sacred authors, like God speaking through St. Paul, if you're reading one of the, the Pauline letters, God mm-hmm. speaking through St. Paul to Stacy Farquharson and Stacy Tresankos. I can't say my name. <laughs> it, 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 God, God, and God would never mispronounce my name, but Lord knows everybody else does. Even me. <laughs> Stacy Tresankos. God is speaking directly to us when we read the scripture through those authors because St. Paul's yeah. still alive. St. Paul's a saint. We can pray to St. Paul and say, hey, St. Paul, ask God to help me with this today. Like it's alive. It's living. And we're not mm-hmm. supposed to read the Bible once and put it away. We're supposed to live by it every day. And and that's what the church does. The church reads Old Testament and New Testament. The church reads the old in light of the new, the new in light of the old. And and pastors all over the world are giving homilies. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's beautiful how it all fits together. It does all fit together. And I love that it says here, open the open our minds to understand the scriptures because that's what we say every morning and yeah and that's it and that's what he did for his disciples he opened the, the eyes of their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures and i love that because you know before we start reading the word we can ask god to open you know make them come alive to us to to speak to us as a matter of fact um I'm, i have found out that several of the saints had has said this quote i I attributed it to St. Augustine, um, but since then I have found others have said it, that when we when we speak to God, we are praying to God. Mm-hmm. But Or when we pray to God, we're speaking to God. But when we open and read the Holy Scriptures, He's speaking to us. It is, it is one way that the Lord can speak to us. He's not limited to that. He can talk to us, you know, however He wants to. But this is one way that He speaks to us that he reveals himself to us in Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. And and so we just encourage you like Stacy does. I, I always have my coffee. My coffee cup this morning is purple. And it <laughs> says, best period, mom, period, ever, period. Love it. <laughs> and on the inside, it says mom love. And the reason I love this cup is because my oldest son gave it to me. He sent it to me as a Mother's Day gift one year. Aww. And it, it, uh, it just warms my heart to read it. But um, that's that's living your life. You know, that's living in the moment. Uh, there are always going to be bad things that happen. You know, we're, we're still grieving the loss of Amias. We're still wondering about, you know, worrying about our daughter. I'm still worrying about a million things. I have yeah. a million things to worry about today. I'm trying to write a book on fetal tissue research. I don't know why people do that. Uh, I know my husband's very worried about the elections. Um, there's just, th- there are people worried about what's going on in the church. Guys, be at peace. You, If you murmur, if you get worried, if you let it get the best of you, and if you start falling into despair, and if you're like surprised because life isn't perfect, if you're surprised that you have to suffer, if you're surprised that that communities of people fall and, and commit error, if you act surprised by that all the time, you will fail to shine the light in the world. 
you will fail to do your job. And that's something I'm talking to me. I'm looking in the mirror saying you will fail because it's so easy to get focused on all the things that are going wrong. And we're not saying avoid confrontation. Sometimes that is the work that you have to do as a holy person. You mm -hmm. have to have confrontations, but you, but th that's very hard for me. Um, I, I don't, I don't like confrontation, but there's also a part of me that just goes after people. By, like, I hate confrontation so much that when I do have to confront someone, I'm angry about it and I'm biting in my words. And um, and I ha I've had to work on that all my adult life and learn to be softer, learn to smile, learn to affirm the other person and have that confrontation, but also to stop murmuring. Just do something if you need to do it. So, so be at peace doesn't mean just put a smile on your face and never, ever do anything, never, ever talk about what's going wrong. No, that's not it. Deal with what's going wrong, but put a smile on your face at the same time. Yeah, Don't speaking, murmur. Speaking the truth in love. Yeah. And you, you're right, Stacey. God never promised us a rose garden. I mean, <laughs> oh, my tells, gosh. <laughs> he tells us in the scriptures, he tells us you will have tribulation. You will mm -hmm. have struggles. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be pressure that you're going to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. But I overcame the world. I've conquered the world. That's what Jesus says. He's overcome the world. So we can rest in that. Yeah, we can. We hope you have a beautiful Monday morning. We will be with you this week. We're trying to figure out exactly how because Stacy and I are flying to Bangor, Maine on what day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> flying You're flying Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm flying Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I just got back from Pittsburgh on Saturday and, um, and it's Monday and Tuesday. I got a lot of things to do. And then Wednesday we're flying to uh, Wednesday. I'm flying to, uh, well, Wednesday I'm flying to Iowa city because I'm speaking to some college students at the Newman center at the university of Iowa about how science was born of Christianity. Another talk I give. And then on Thursday, Stacy and I are meeting in Bangor, Maine for a, Advent by Candlelight, Mary, M-A-R-Y, Christmas, uh, mm -hmm. little fun gig uh, in Bangor, Maine on Saturday night. And then Sunday, Stacy flies home. And then Monday, I go to Notre Dame to give a talk there. And then I'll be home on Wednesday. So we will we will be continuing the podcast. And we got a lot of other um, fun stuff in the works. Anyway, get on with your day. Put a smile <laughs> on your face. Don't murmur. Read the Bible. Pray. All that. We love you. God bless you. I'm Stacy Farquharson. No, I'm Stacy. <laughs> I'm Stacy Trisakos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>